Hello and welcome to Getting Lit, Alana and Wendy's totally excellent literary podcast. This is season three, episode eight of our romance novel focused podcast. My name is Alana. I'm one of your hosts today. And I'm Wendy, your other host. Today, we are discussing The Kiss Quotient by Helen Huang. How are you, Wendy? I'm pretty good. How about you? I am great. Um, just hanging out, reading some books. Yeah. Um, like you do. I, I love romance novels. I think that they're really interesting, you know, from, as a character study, you know, yeah. into different people. You know, have you ever had that feeling like, so, okay, so you read a romance novel and you're like, I'm not attracted to this guy, but I think he would be a cool friend. Like, have you ever had yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. Like, you've wanted to be like, oh, this person seems like like a really great person. Like, we should hang out. Yeah. And you're like, you're like, we should hang out. And then you remember that they're fictional. <laughs> yeah. Like, if this person was real, then I would, like, you know, be friends with them, and I would, like, high-five them, and then when they get a girlfriend, I would be like, good for you, man. Like, there wouldn't be any jealousy. There wouldn't be any, like, you know, I'm attracted to you, you're attracted to me. Like, there wouldn't be any of that because we're just friends and we're buddies, you know? That's how I feel about the guy from Stud in the Stacks, you know, that book we read back in, like, I don't remember when. <laughs> I think that was, like, January, February, and it was excellent. <laughs> it was great, but, but I, I wasn't attracted yeah. to that guy at all, but I thought he would be a cool friend. And so yeah. I was like, you do your thing when he got together with that girl. But, mm -hmm. like, it's funny because I didn't really like him in the <laughs> in the series, I mean, I think I think I was like a little bit bitter while I was like recording that podcast. I'm always bitter, so it's fine. But um uh <laughs> and but I guess it kind of like stuck with me in the back of my mind, like this guy who's really funny and arrogant and really loves romance novels and is giving out every kind of like recommendation to everybody. And mm -hmm. I'm like Sometimes I run across a book and I'm like, he would like this book. And I kind of want to be like, hey, you know, like fictional character. Because, <laughs> you know, it's so hard to find people who have like the same kind of taste as you, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, no. And so like that sort of person that has that. Yeah, especially that character who's like, you know, excited about the genre of romance novels. Mm -hmm. Like he seemed like he could he could be kind of like a friend of yours, right? Yeah. And and he I would totally like be like you would totally be like, "Hey dude, I found this book and I think you would like it." And he would be like, "Right on. This is a cool book." And then you guys would have like a 15-minute conversation about romance novels. It would be awesome. Yeah, and this is interesting cuz romance novels at their essence are other people's romances, right? Yeah. Like you're not the character. That's true. So like, so like, like the, it's that person, and they get together with them, and you're just there, and you're just like, cool, do your thing. <laughs> so it makes sense that you're like, you're like the kooky friend that's just reading along, and knows all their I'm, sex stuff I'm for their, some reason. <laughs> I'm their non-sexual partner. Yeah, I yeah, love being yeah. a non-sexual partner to a couple. Um. <laughs> Yeah, it it's funny to me because first of all, I I have a very active imagination and it kind of surprises me every time I realize that the character is not real, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. so when people are like that's fiction isn't real. I'm like, "What do you mean fiction isn't real?" Like <laughs> and then and then people like you know how like people have things about like cartoon characters, like, you know, animal characters. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you can't be attracted to an animal character from Disney. And I'm like, no, sir, you can. <laughs> that is no difference from being attracted to, you know, another character played by a real life human, you know? Yeah, yeah. So now, certainly when you get into the specifics, like, but you can still be attracted to the idea of a character, right? Mm -hmm. um, like, um, like I was always attracted to um, in the old school 
Are you saying the old school Robin, Robin Hood, Hood? <laughs> when when Robin yes. Hood was a fox? He was oh such a fox. He was such, he was a, such fox. a fox. And even like <laughs> like uh, what's her name? Mary Mary Maid Marian. Maid Marian. Yeah. Maid Marian. I kind of would do too. Like <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he was such a fox, and that is the first example I have in my head. Every time somebody says. Cartoon characters cannot be attractive. I'm like, no, sir. Robin Hood. Who, who plays that guy? I don't Robin, even know. Yeah, Robin Hood. Who voices him? Because he has an incredible uh, Disney voice. Yeah. Who does that? I don't know. It is it's beautiful. It's just. I would. I would have sex with his, the guy who did that. Brian He's probably Betcher, dead by now. Yeah, he looks pretty dead. <laughs> um. Anyway, like so anyway, the that's funny to me when people are like, you can't be attracted to a, a fake character, you can't be attracted to a cartoon, but the fact that you feel like a friend zone with a character is funny to me because that's like another layer of it, you know? <laughs> because I think I think we're supposed to like only be attracted to those those guys or you know nothing or not be interested yeah. in the book. But you know, like you never, you never hear anybody say like, "Oh, I think Edward Cullen would be a great friend." Like nobody would say that. Yeah, because the point of it is is sexual objectification, and so I guess the point is, is there are other types of objectification? Like, <laughs> There's friendship objectification. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's friendship object. You're just a friend object to me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that flies. I don't. I don't think that makes. Yeah, but I like it. I think we've reached a new theory here. Good job. Yeah. Good job. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. He's, what are you drinking? Um. I. You should go first because mine is always sad. Okay. All right. So I made a drink. Um. Because at one point in the story, the main character, God, what's her name? Stella. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. Is at a club and she orders something sweet. Mm-hmm. And uh, they describe it as having cherry, uh, lemon, and amaretto in it. So I made some. I made something like that that <laughs> she might have had at the bar. Um, and it's just called something sweet. Um, and it's got amaretto, ginger ale, simple syrup, lemon juice. Uh, it uh, it you know frozen or canned cherries, whatever. I actually I put in frozen. Because uh, when I was researching it, that looked like what people did. But I used actually canned, um, which was fine. And then a slice of lemon. And it is sweet and delicious. It sounds real sweet. That sounds it good, is. though. I like amaretto. Yeah. I I mean, I haven't. I think amaretto, especially with, um, what do you call it? With uh, lemon in it is quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, amaretto sour. Yeah, yeah. This is basically a cherry amaretto sour. <laughs> um you know, secretly. Mm-hmm. But, well, that know, sounds good. Trying to find it. Yeah, it was. It was pretty good. I'm having what I like to call <laughs> a broke ass bramble because <laughs> this is another one of those things where I just like looked around my kitchen and I was like, "What can I do?" So I thought I had limes. No, the limes are too old. So I was going to make a um, gin and tonic, but. The limes are too old, so then I was like, "What else can I put in this?" <laughs> I put, <laughs> I put in um the you know like mio squirts like those those kind of things, you know, like the additive flavor. Oh yeah, yeah. I put I put the grape Kool Aid version. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so it's purple and has gin in it. It's a broke ass bramble. Um, but, (laughs) um, let me tell you though, those Kool-Aid, like, liquid, I don't know, water, whatever you call them, the Kool-Aid ones are, like, packaged childhood. Like, Mm. the cherry tastes like so much childhood over all of my life, you know? And, (laughs) and grape, too. Like, I haven't touched a single grape flavoring since childhood, and mm. let me tell you, that Kool-Aid one, that would be the only one I would drink. Yeah, that sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yeah, I haven't had I haven't had Kool-Aid in a long time. <laughs> Remember God, those remember, squeezables? 
Oh, yeah. They came in, like, the plastic. Yeah. Uh, my sister once and- squeezed it, and it went up my nose, and I cried while I was drinking that is a very, That is a very visceral, <laughs> visceral memory. <laughs> it's, like, one I of my strongest remember- memories about Kool-Aid. Uh, it, I just remember the, the texture of those. It was gummy. Like, like it felt gummy. The, like you drank the plastic? It. Like in your, yeah, the plastic. Yeah, the plastic was weird. I didn't really like the plastic. Yeah. But it yeah, looked cool. Yeah. It definitely looked cool. <laughs> it was probably not recyclable. Probably not. Lord. <laughs> uh, uh. So how'd you like book, Alana? I I thought it was pretty good. So, okay, so the Kish Quotient um, has been recommended to us several times mm-hmm. by many different people because it is written by a person on the spectrum. Uh, um, spectrum. On the autistic spectrum. Um, who I learned actually in the book at the end from the author's note has a daughter who's also on the autistic spectrum. Um, and it's And it's also, she's also a person of color. And she's writing also about a person of color on the autism spectrum. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's very unusual in terms of a genre. Um, And I'll just read the back here. Stella Lane comes up with algorithms to predict customer purchases, a job that has given her more money than she knows what to do with and way less experience in the dating department than the average 30-year-old. It doesn't help that Stella has Asperger's or that fresh... French kissing reminds her of a shark getting its teeth cleaned by a pilot <laughs> fish. Her conclusion, she needs lots of practice with a professional, which is why she hires escort Michael Fan. Um, with the looks of a K of a K drama star and the martial arts moves to match, the Vietnamese Swedish stunner can't afford to turn down Stella's offer. And when she comes up with a lesson plan, he proves willing to help check off all of her boxes. <laughs> From foreplay to more than the missionary position. <laughs> Before long, Stella not only learns how to appreciate learns to appreciate his kisses, but to crave all of the other things he's making her feel. The no nonsense partnership starts making a different kind of sense, and the pattern emerges will convince Stella that love is the best kind of logic. Wow. Um. Yeah, let's talk, let's talk about the end section, too, because that's really interesting. She said that um, her daughter her daughter was going to school, and her daughter's teacher said that she might have autism. And um, she, being, like, a excellent researcher, like, did a lot of research and talked to a lot of people. And they took her to a doctor and everything, and they found out that she wasn't. I, I think that her daughter is not. Autistic. Oh, okay. But I must have read that wrong. Um, then she was like thinking of this idea for a romance novel, and she loved the idea of a gender swap pretty woman. Like, mm-hmm. what would make a attractive woman hire an escort? You know, <clears throat> and she was like, "Well, maybe aut- autism, because that's something that she researched recently." So while she's researching and going through all this stuff. Trying to figure out, like, you know, how to build her character. She, like, all these boxes were ticking for her, like, her, her life and the way that she experiences the world. And she's like, oh my God, I, I may be autistic. <laughs> and she went to a doctor and she, yeah, she's on the autism spectrum. So she had like this minor, like, self discovery while, I mean, it's a big self discovery. While mm-hmm. she was working on this book, and she was like, it, it's the easiest I've ever written. I understand um, Stella so completely. You know, it was it was pretty interesting. And she also, yeah. like, um, she says she, so the thing about women in, with autism is that they're harder to find because women learn how to adapt more, you know, like how to... Um, Mimic other people's social interactions just to fit in, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's that's not, like, a genetic thing. That's more of, like, a, an environmental thing because that's expected for women. But she said that while she was writing, she um, would mimic the writing of other people in order to write her books. And she said she kind of did away with that while she was writing this book, which I think is fascinating. Hmm. 
It was really cool. Yeah. 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 I thought that that was, uh, you know, the, the meta part of this book was really interesting mm-hmm. as, as a, a choice of story and a choice of, you know, that this was such a transformative experience for her. And she has kind of a description of uh, other resources for people um, who are on the spectrum mm-hmm. as well. Um, uh, and so I guess towards the question, I thought this book was pretty good. Um, with a name like the Kiss Quotient, I was kind of hoping for um, some more. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting some more Big Bang style humor, you know, mm-hmm. um, like like just math. I just expected more math um, in it. And so in that way, I was expecting more of a of a of, of a little bit more of a look into what. Stella does in her job because she's a very accomplished eco econometrician, mm-hmm. um, which is not really the focus of the book. But I kind of kept on expecting <laughs> like work stuff to come up at all. But it almost makes a lot of sense once you realize it's Pretty Woman, right? Yeah. And we've talked before about the trope of the the man who is good at business. Yeah. Right. Right, yeah. he just does it. He does it the business so good, uh-huh. you know. Like, the like he's is, is good because <laughs> it good goes good from his hands. Yeah, yeah. You know, he has he has business magic mm-hmm. where he waves his hand and business happens. Right. I wish I had that. And magic. I and, and it makes yeah, and 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 it it makes more sense when you understand that because it's less that she is a career woman though that comes up as a plot point, but it also. Um, it also is just important that she's very, very rich. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, like that's the trope that we're working with and not the, you know, the my career is part of the story. <laughs> yeah. um, I love how much she does not care that she is rich. Yeah, she has like zero interest in her in her riches, which is she's like, I don't know. My job makes me a lot of money, I guess. I don't know what to do with it. I'm rich. <laughs> Um, Which was, oh, go ahead. So basically, your um, critique is more nerdy. Yeah, I I expected it to be more nerdy for the title, Mm -hmm. I guess I'd say. But I did, you know, Michael and his issues, Mm -hmm. while at the time a little silly, (laughs) I really did not, at times I'm like, you know, like, how the, okay, I understand that she's rich. He's not. How is he driving around this cool of a car? And how does he have time to tailor his clothes? Like, what type of crazy <laughs> San Francisco thing is going on in this book, right? Yeah. Like, as I was reading, and then later when we find out, spoiler, that he's a tailor, mm-hmm. it all makes sense. <laughs> so logical. I I really liked that turn. I was like, oh, like, like, like there's a reason. Like, this is all kind of a facade. Mm-hmm. But, like, a very clever one. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And I found it, like, super sexy in this book that he does alterations. Uh, <laughs> You're into that, huh? Yeah. My only disappointment in him is he is he made a dress for Stella that did not have pockets. Oh, yeah. What the hell, what man? What the hell? What, what hell? is the point of getting a tailored dress if it doesn't have pockets? Yeah, what the heck is and going also, on And also, she's pretty utilitarian-minded. Like, she would mm-hmm. fucking like those pockets. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but we can go into the pocket issues of this book later. <laughs> what did you think? What did you think of the of of it, um, uh, Wendy? I really liked it. Um I kind of like came in with my minuscule knowledge of what um autism is and you know how like a lot of like high flutin and novels talk about how they broaden your experience when i don't know it's usually like women that suck or whatever <laughs> anyway um i think it broadened my experience of autism because i realized like the the kind of um st- stringent idea i had of it and and my own like you know, um, biases against it or for it or whatever. Uh, because if you remember, <laughs> we have read a book with autism. <laughs> <laughs> or, <laughs> as we had said at the time, nebulous Victorian autism, <laughs> which was 
highly a trope and not based in any kind of, you know, DSM or any kind of thing, you know. <laughs> and if I remember correctly, he like, the love heals his autism, does it not? Kind of. It, it kind of yeah. does. But it also kind of makes him a sage, like... He has mm. autism, but he also, like, gives these, like, pithy sentences to, like, his family members. And they're like, oh, I know the meaning of life now. You know? Because <laughs> that comes with autism. <laughs> um, having, a, having a main character written by an autistic person, who, and the main character is autistic, was very interesting. And it also, like, made me think about this book of, like, what... <laughs> You know, stepping into a book is kind of like stepping into the mind of someone, you know? And <laughs> like one time we had this um in college there I was taking this like German fairy tales class. So it was a bunch of like people who never write fiction and they wrote this like three-page fiction and they read it out loud and I was like I'm inside your mind and it's weird. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so like I was kind of thinking like, you know, this should affect the writing a lot. And I was wondering how it would. It was just it was just interesting. It was um I liked I liked Stella. Uh she she did seem like functioning autistic. Um there were some tropes like, you know. She must never know the real me, or <laughs> he must never know the real me, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, and then uh, the things that I liked about the book is that both of the characters were just so unbearably sweet. Oh, my God. <laughs> like She was like, I just want to give him underwear because that means love, you know? Aww. And he was like, so like, I was like. Can I get like a divergent thinker um diagnosis because this dude is let's go over it. He's hot. He's so hot. He is very He's hot. He's so hot. Book. Did you yeah. look up who that character was that talked about? No. I did and okay. I was hot. By <laughs> He's hot. Um he is very charismatic, friendly, kind, considerate, a not a snappy dresser. When do you see that? You never see snappy dressers. Like he was wearing like a vest, like a three-piece suit, and he's not even gay. Like, how does that even happen? Mm. <laughs> it was in like a light gray. Like I was like, ooh. Mm -hmm. Like like not like a Fifty Shades way, but oh, like man. a man. Yes, you're in like the non-traditional colors. Oh man! Oh my god! And that tattoo he had over like his oh, whole body. Oh my god! He does martial arts. Oh, he does martial arts. I just arts. can't. Like, there's. Ah, I can't do it. I can't. Like, I don't know. I don't know. There's just so much going on. He was just really hot, and and I was like. But the this best thing about him was that he was just really kind and really sweet. And he was really thoughtful for her. Like, you know, the, he warned his family ahead of time and had them turn down the TV. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. He's just so beautiful he's so beautiful blindingly so mm -hmm. <laughs> let me tell you when i read romance novels most of the time you know i'm reading like historical romances and most of the time in my head they're like i don't know a barrel chest and sideburns like that's pretty much it <laughs> like <laughs> they're just wandering <laughs> around like i don't know with like really big shoulders or whatever but this dude like you could see him so clearly and he was so mm. hot. <laughs> well, and also, I, I mean, the romance. Um, so the concept of the book is that she needs lessons in like how to basically seduce someone um, and how mostly how to have sex because she just clams up mm -hmm. um, and and can't and and uh, and just is not enjoying it. But she realized she has to like keep a man. Mm -hmm. So, so, and he is, like, coaching her, but, like, at every step of the way, he, like, 
he has some serious job creep, basically, <laughs> where he he is kind of unwilling to sort of like go anywhere that she is uncomfortable with, right? Mm-hmm. And his original thought is that she has like a background in sexual abuse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which was very sh- chivalrous in an in an old school way. Those I felt like those scenes were well done, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of trying to navigate the two people together, you know, in terms of keeping this sort of pretty woman way of, of looking at it. Mm-hmm. And and like I said, I found it incredibly hot that he was a tailor at a dry cleaner. <laughs> and he spent all of his time with his five sisters and his uh, grandmother and, and his I mom. family. <laughs> I know. Also, like, uh, my one of my favorite parts is when um, she's like, so wait, he's not earning money as an escort to, like, be rich or to handle his gambling debt or, you know, to fuck a lot of women. He's doing it to help his mother who has cancer. Like, she's like, God damn it. Uh-huh. <laughs> How did you become so adorable? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was that was great. Oh man, that was great. <laughs> um, now I have to look up this K-pop guy. I'm gonna look. Him oh, up he's later. way hot. Uh, yeah, and I actually, you know, I looked up that guy, but really, who I saw was that guy from Crazy Rich Asians. Oh yeah, like, that, that guy, guy is that guy. Can't remember his name. I don't know. He's got a very English name because he. I think he's half British. Yeah. Oh, that guy is super. Um, I get all these ads in my Instagram feed for like a Christmas movie he's part of. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I get um, I get ads of, uh, in my Instagram feed about like drunk bitches and that kind of stuff. How do you get Christmas oh. ads? I, well, for one thing, I told Facebook, like, under all circumstances, please always feed me movie previews. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's figured out I like romance novels, so I get a lot of Hallmark Channel, mm. um, which I'm okay with, because I love movie previews. Yeah. So, when, as long as they're not scary, you know? Yeah. So... So that's how I deal with my with my algorithm. I'm like, yes, please, <laughs> movies, all the time. Not algorithm. Um... Yeah. Something that kind of, like, weirded me out about this book is there... All right, so there's a evil character, Philip, yeah. right? Who I was kind of rooting for for a lot of the book, right? Like, they're both... They both, like, understand each other on a deeper level, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was on Team Philip, and then they, they, they make it in a no circumstance that Philip is bad. Yeah. Because, you know, he forces himself upon, um, upon Stella, but... Almost like at the next scene, Michael will kiss her without her permission. <laughs> this is a, and he's, the can you not yeah, thing. And, yeah. And he stalks her mm-hmm. like for weeks. Yeah. Um, and that's not cool either. And he's like, isn't this romantic? <laughs> I'm like. Really? Because this is the thing we just we just told, like, like that consent is really important, especially for this particular character, because she is so kind of timid, um, and she's not very good at reading social cues, and she's not very good at giving social cues. Yeah. Like, like I'm sorry, but melting into your arms is not consent. It is not consent. <laughs> you know? Which is, like, how he's, like, I kissed her, and then she melted into my arms. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, cool. She, you, uh, she said she didn't want to see you earlier. <laughs> like, anyway. So that was a problem I had in this book, because I'm, like, wait, 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 wait. We can't hate Philip. And then also love when you do that. Yeah. Especially when you took a person on the spectrum to a loud club and then we're and then who which she told you repeatedly she did not want to go to, and then she freaked out. <laughs> Speaking of which, like I don't care how many pockets you have, dude. I want to hold my own driver's license and keys. Yeah, like I am a human, um, and I admit that holding things in my bra or whatever she was doing is like doesn't make a lot of sense. But 
Like, if you get separated, then you have no identification. <laughs> she's... Which happened to her basically twice in this story. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he doesn't make pockets. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> it seems like he, she, like, secretly wants to to um, be taken care of. Because also, he drives her car, like, all the time. And at some point, I'm like, that's kind of weird that he's driving the car. Also, I would totally do that if I was in a relationship because I hate to drive. <laughs> um, well, one of those times, it was because he was designated driver. Oh. Really? Which is the club scene when they get in the car and he drives. And oh. I was like, oh, right, he's the designated driver. But not at the party. With at his the party? parents. Oh, uh-huh. With her parents. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't know about that one. Yeah, I think she secretly wants to be taken care of. So it's kind of that like, there's some magic wand that happens in romance novels where they say everything unwanted that comes from a good character is good and romantic. <laughs> everything unwanted that comes from a bad character is bad and harassment. You know. Um, mm-hmm. I had I had a hard time with Philip. I didn't know what we were doing with him. It seemed like we were kind of um, undecided for a long time because he also like they didn't say he had autism, but he also was like, "You and I are on the same wavelength. We're both really nerdy. We both like fail at social cues." And then he says like weird things about the intern's hot ass, and then she's like, "He's like me," you know. <laughs> and I'm like. What the hell? He's not anything like you. He says weird ass shit like that. Um, and then there was this part where um, they were having a confrontation, and I don't remember if he was there. If if uh, what's his name was there, but Philip was there. Philip was there with Stella and and also the receptionist, who's like this forty forty something woman with a big ass and um and so like philip and stella are are going at it and the receptionist does this thing where she says the receptionist has her eyebrows up and she's got her mouth turned to the side which means that she's really enjoying this gossip and i was like oh that's me (laughs) 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 that's 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 a character that's me she has a big ass she loves gossip (laughs) <laughs> and then like while they're walking away she's like come on come on pj <laughs> and and he like grabs her ass and i'm like are we still rooting for him what's going on like yeah he, he pawed at her in the garage like that's not okay but yeah i i don't know what we're supposed to do with a character like that um <laughs> At all, except realize, I thought the point of him out early in the story was to show that she really had no idea what the fuck was going on. <laughs> yeah. That, but she um, still then, after the whole thing with David, like, she was still, like, um, is that his name, David? Michael? Michael. That's weird. Michael. <laughs> I think that the character he looks like is a Daniel, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, um... <laughs> Yeah, and also, like, I mean, yeah, I'm not sure, like, because we're getting it from her point of view, basically. Mm-hmm. But you can tell that, like, for example, at her job, she's, like, the senior most person, econometrician, but she has, like, no team. And this is, like, what this firm is known for. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you being taken advantage of, girl. <laughs> and, like, you should be asking for more. Mm-hmm. It's interesting as well. Uh, yeah, because Philip is sort of like a strange a strange character because he kind of doesn't lose, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I mean, certainly she doesn't really want to be with him, but he was kind of not that into her until she had a boyfriend, you know? Ugh. Yeah. And so, like, I, I don't know. I didn't really feel like he... He's um, like preying on the interns. Like, gross. I know, like everything about him was like kind of, kind of gross. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, and then he was like, 
he was ogling after um, Michael's sister <laughs> when she works there. She's like, I want to be like, Michael, you do not want to work for this firm. I, when she was about to quit, I was like, you do it, girl. <laughs> like, I was totally, and I understand that that was supposed to be some sort of realization that she's better. I just have to say it. Like, this is where the trope doesn't work because of gender roles. Mm-hmm. Like, in the original Pretty Woman, there was never a possibility that the rich dudes would ever stop doing their rich dude things just because they wanted to be a better partner. Yeah. You know? I mean, they would still be uh. a rich dude, but... I Like, the guy version of that is like, I will have feelings now. Which is, like, not any yes. sort of, like... <laughs> any sort of like consolation hello you already have feelings you know or like they wake up and they go hey you have feelings maybe i should you know like pay attention to them you know (laughs) that wasn't the issue hold up i don't want to interrupt you but i finally found his name in the book oh and i'm looking at the pictures of daniel henny uh-huh the name and wow daniel henny dude y'all look it up all of you readers. That dude. That dude. I am, like, blinded. Oh like, I kind of wanted her to be, her to date Philip because I was blinded by how hot he is. And I was like, I don't know if I feel that comfortable dating that hot of a guy. Like, someone that, that attractive, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it just seems like a lot of work, mm-hmm. like, to be the person. Like, I always kind of felt bad for, like, Hugh Jackman's wife, who... Looks more like a normal human. Yeah. Well, she's, uh, you know, she's like 10 years older than him. Yeah. Um, And Hugh Jackman is like a god. Yeah. And I'm like, God, what can your life be like? Man, Daniel Henney. Yeah. <laughs> Let's all take a moment of silence for Daniel Henney. <laughs> Just to appreciate it. You, you didn't see it, but I put my I put my uh, my hands to my lips and oh, just yeah. and, and kiss them. Uh, I guess that's not good on a on a recorded podcast. <laughs> In Cressley Cole's books, when the guy's aroused, he always wipes his mouth. That's, that's what you should do. Um, (laughs) yeah, he's way hot. I'm basically, we spent a lot of time saying how hot he is, and that may be the the majority of this podcast. I don't, I mean. (laughs) Which is fine. Because let me tell you, that's what romance novels are for. I mean, we could read them for other reasons, but damn. Uh, Yeah, a guy that looks like Daniel Henney, who's also a fashion designer. Wears like three piece suits. He he said that he like um he said that he when it he almost went to like a project runway type show and then um his mom got sick and he had to bow out. And and I was like, Hell yeah, you did, because you're fucking hot. And also <laughs> also I was like, this is where the romance novel comes in because everybody on that show who who does like stuff is either like almost homeless or has some rich family member who is like supporting the entire bill of their industry like the, it just it just doesn't happen like ro- like fashion designers are not like you know hanging out getting an earnest mm-hmm. dollar or whatever <laughs> you know there's just they're either like <laughs> like one of them worked as a um, like, you know, you either hear them say, like, uh, I really hope I do well in the show because I don't have anywhere to go after this, yeah. <laughs> you know, or they're like, I really hope I do well in the, sh- the show so I can pay my dad back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's and then there was the epilogue where six months later he has like two stores or something. No, nah. <laughs> a really hard time with that. Oh, but she did do the marketing for it. That was funny. Yeah. Yeah. You know what we haven't talked about yet? Um, Curing autism. Did we cure autism in this book? I'm a little bit. I'm I'm not convinced that like it. So it had interesting moments where she didn't want to be loved in spite of her autism. 
right? Mm-hmm. But he loved all of her, but it didn't mm-hmm. really feel like he loved all of her. He was still kind yeah. of annoyed by her quirks, right? Um, uh, so I, mean, I don't he wasn't know. Annoyed? He just has this like he's just like motherly. Like he just he has this like prodding type of take care attitude where she'll be like, I don't want to do that. And then he'll be like, no, you really want to do that. Yeah. Let me do it for you. I'm going to do it for you, you know? And then it turns out well, and I'm kind of like, isn't that like not what you're supposed to do? Like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) You know, for a person who is set in their ways, that is not good idea. Yeah. There, there were different parts where I was like, ah, because, like, there were things like, you know, she didn't like kissing. And then he was like, no, you just haven't had the right kiss. And then he, like, showed her. And then she was, like, really into it. And I was like, I, I don't I don't think you should just push people into that kind of stuff. <laughs> Especially not sex stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because there's, I mean, I feel like every time, every time I have, like, you would like this if you tried it, you know? Every person that I've dealt with that's an adult would not like it, (laughs) you know? If they didn't like kissing, they would end up still not liking kissing, you know? It's not like something that... Kissing is a weird thing. It's it's not really something that you can, like, get over, Mm -hmm. you know? I don't know. Um, I was a little weirded out by that. I was also weirded out by... So there's a sex worker part of this book. Um, Michael, Mm -hmm. Michael, um, on Friday nights sleeps with women for money. Mm -hmm. Um, and inside of the book, I just would like, you know, you know, sex work is work, right? Mm -hmm. So it's almost like assumed in this book and it's not necessarily that substandard in the genre. It's assumed that he will give up his sex work job because he is now in a relationship. And I think it'd be nice, it'd be refreshing to have stories where sex worker, where we really believe that sex work was work and was not the same as being in a committed relationship, you know? Yeah. So. To some people, it is, it is like that. I I mean, yeah. It's like work, you know? It's work. It's just their job, you know? Um, The whole, like, sex worker trope in romance novels hinges on the fact that they will give it up. Yeah, that the they've been it. somehow that this is this is a lowly position that they've been reduced mm-hmm. to. And right? the the other person is gonna go wild with jealousy if they have to, you know share them. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um versus like, I mean, like you don't pay your partner to have sex. So like I don't know if it's really a true I mean, if you if you started dating someone who was who was a sex worker, I mean it's 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 kind of strange because you're already dating someone who's non-monogamous, right? Yeah, I mean, you don't you don't go into a relationship expecting them to change. Like that's just a terrible idea. Yeah, you know, if yeah. I were to go out with a sex worker, I would have to know at that first date if I knew they were sex worker, I would have to know am I okay with this? You know, and if I'm not, I have to move on because you know. People don't change like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's what you get for, like, I don't know. Like, it just doesn't come up in the story. And I felt like I understood that we were going for Pretty Woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish that that was a little bit more figured out. But I did, I mean, the great thing about this book, even as a concept, which is probably why it, like, won pitch competitions, is that it really does center a person with autism into mm-hmm. a story that yeah. is not really about their autism, right? Yeah. It's about them trying to find love in their story, right? Yeah. Like, the autism is an important element of this particular story, but I don't think it's, like, the only thing. Yeah. Um, it's not the capital T conflict, capital Z, capital C. Yeah. <laughs> like... There are other things going on, and totally, like, him being a sex worker is far higher on the list of him, of it being an issue. And also, it's the whole arranged marriage type of thing. 
because they're like, we don't, uh, we're a fake couple, which, uh, guys, calm down. (laughs) (laughs) I like how he was like, that's never going to work. Oh, wait, she's autistic, so that could actually work in her brain. (laughs) Um, I like how um, there was a part where uh, she, she was... They broke up and she was like, um, all right, so I'm being trapped by my autism, so I'm just going to do everything that is not autistic, like the opposite of everything I do. (laughs) And it was kind of it was kind of like a joke on those those things that are cure like the the other books that like cure autism, you know, because she like. Instead of, like, brushing her teeth and taking a shower, she took her shower and brushed her teeth, you know? (laughs) And then then she was almost ready to quit her job because she's extremely thorough and extremely, like, A to Z on her list. And then she was like, wait a minute. Why the fuck would I quit my job? (laughs) And then she, like, came to grips with the fact that she's autistic. Like, (laughs) that's funny. (laughs) But, yeah. But he was never, like... I mean, it was all like an inner struggle too, like the whole autistic thing, because he was he was never bothered by it. He was like, "Oh, this is how she is." Yeah, yeah I yeah, I think I think they were trying to make it not about about that, but yet at the same time, I think that their communication issues come at times from the fact that she is on the spectrum, right? Yeah, that she totally. that she has Aspergers. Yeah. And so, and so that creates issues, which is great for a romance novel, right? Because mm-hmm. they're in many ways not resolvable. Yeah, and also yeah. it's a it's a nice type of conflict. Like I hate those conflicts that are like, "You killed my mother," or "You accidentally raped me," and you know, it's like, how do you really get over that? Yeah, you know? how, do you re- how do you really put this back together? Yeah. <laughs> Do we have enough time to unpack this? Yeah. No. <laughs> but just coming to terms with who you are. I think that's a that's a very common um, underlying story is coming to terms with who you are, you know, growing as a person. So I can totally see that. Yeah. Also, there's another book that I read that was about autism, and it was written by a guy who is not autistic. So two strikes against him. He's a guy writing romance, first of all. Mm. And second of all, <laughs> he's not autistic. He's writing about autism. Um, and it was – he basically cured his own autism. And he also never – like, it's called The Rosie Project, and the guy in it – cures his autism he's like he he's like he's like Stella where he's like okay well I'll just do everything the opposite of what I'm doing and also never really recognizes that he is autistic like he just like yeah those those Asperger people are kind of like me you know (laughs) and that's it and then he gets a girlfriend you know so it's just it's just a weird weird thing so boo to that book yeah that's not good as well and he told like people were mad about it and he told people to lighten up because it's a romance Uh, what (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i liked it it was good what are we reading next week next month that's an interesting choice because we had one conversation and i realized something in the intervening time Mm-hmm. Which is that we are going to do a special Thanksgiving podcast <laughs> this year <laughs> because there, because I am visiting Wendy. Yay! I'm excited. So I think that we're gonna go with that plan actually. Oh, okay. And anyway, we had a different plan, but this plan is is the better plan, I think. And <laughs> um. So we're gonna we're gonna be together and read something for that and record while we're in the same place at the same so, time. So just to summarize, next month we're gonna read a book and talk about it. <laughs> we don't know <laughs> what, what that book is. We're keeping it real <laughs> secretive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're keeping it real, real secretive. Yeah, real secretive. Or maybe we'll meet with Donna Riley. I guess we'll see. She can't do that one weekend that we were talking about, but maybe we'll do two in a row or something. <laughs> I have some ideas. 
But if you think, want us to read something specific, let us know. I'm going to be a real vague book on that one. Vague book. Because I remember that I'm visiting you. <laughs> uh-huh. We're going to read Vague Book by Vaggy McVagerston. Yeah, maybe we should try and read, as we do this on the thing, I'm thinking we should try and read um, Tattoo Shop. Oh, I love Tattoo Shop. Uh, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking we'll read something from that. Or, hey, how about this? Beards. Beards! <laughs> Why not <That's>... both? <laughs> Beards is a subgenre. I think, I think there may even be like a Christmas beard thing or like oh a Thanksgiving God, Thanksgiving beard thing. Oh, God. That's going to be fabulous. Thank you all for joining our business meeting. We were planning. <laughs> we talked it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes we have a, a thing in mind, and sometimes we're we're uh, we 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 don't super don't super super don't. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks everyone who suggested this book. Um, yeah, my friend Megan suggested this book. I learned um, when I went to Second Flight that this had been one of their book club books recently. Oh. A bunch of people have 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 suggested this book over um so yeah, let me know what you guys thought of the kiss quotient as well if you've had a chance to read it. Yes. Also there's some sexy sex and he goes down on her a lot. Yeah. So five a, stars. This guy is like a ten in all ways. This um and they there is descriptions of fancy ice cream. In this book, which you know me, I love it when people describe what they are eating. Look at how it fits what I like. It fits what you like. I was like, green tea ice cream. Tell me more, Michael Fawn. Tell me more. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's, 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 you know, hitting everyone's interest. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Get In Lit, available monthly on iTunes. For extra bonus features for this episode, you can visit gwenwendy.com slash s3ep8, where you can also read more about Wendy. You can follow Alana on Twitter, at Librarian Alana. What's the best type of romance novel, Wendy? The trashy kind. <laughs> <laughs> makes me giggle every time. Every time. <laughs> Deanna Lana's podcast, Wendy and Alana's podcast. Get literary, get literary, woo!